We are back for our morning edition of Stream of Thought episode number 47. And we pick up with uh, talking a little bit about Victor's final performance of Sabotage. Final performance of Sabotage after five weeks, once a week. I was kind of ready for it to be It's totally over. It's cool, though. You know, and and I think that there's big things moving from there. And then we transition a little bit into finishing up. Rix's story from Minnesota. Man, in the last couple of days truly are the most exciting. They really are, dude. Fires and Fury, I feel. Fires and Fury, some of Fires and Fury. Well. And then we rounded out with a little airline travel. Just airline travel, experiences here and there, things that happen on the tarmac, things that you wish didn't happen as a result of showing up early to places. You know, the huge. <laughs> And falling out of planes to your death. And falling out of planes to your death. So with that being said, episode number 47. Ah, let me try that again. Episode number 47. Stream of thought. We hope you enjoy. I thought you did fine. No, I had that's a tongue twister for me. But still, man, I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't host a parade at 745 yeah, in the I'm morning, really but 845. I'm not really about parades. They're all right, but I just kind of like whatever. About when, well, when's the last time you went to a parade? Um, I don't, I, I cannot recall. I cannot recall. Really? I don't know. See, you got to go back. You got to, I mean, if you can't remember the last time you, you were at a parade, you got to go I experience say, one. I want to say it was, like, it, I have no idea. I can't tell you. 17, 15, 12, I, I have no idea. So it didn't leave that indelible mark no. on you. Well, that's um, fine. I mean, being in a parade, I think, is a little different than watching a parade, too. If you got a chance to, like, be in a parade. I don't think I've ever been in a parade. I, I was recall. once, maybe twice. I remember I was at the Minneapolis Gay Pride Parade back when I was in seminary. And I marched with the the clergy Okay, for advocating for gay rights. Um, that was fun. So I was super hesitant <laughs> to get up this morning. Dude, it's is, it's morning edition stream of thought 7 version. 27 a.m. right now. I feel like we're NPR but right well, this now. this is why. Because, so last night I was like, hey, do you want to record at 8 a.m.? Because um, I have to go to work later. Like, that's enough where I can get some sleep. But the thing is, is because last, on, last week on Sunday, I worked at 6 a.m. And then Monday, I had off which was nice i did a bunch of stuff and then i went i had this new class from 7 to 10 you know get home at yeah, around 11 yeah. next day on tuesday have work at 6 a.m then i'm busy all day and then have class again at night then get home at like 11 wednesday morning i have uh work again i think no 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 i yeah, I did have work again Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. and then I had also gone out, because I think we recorded on Wednesday. I went out, because I, I, Kyle Lynch, it was like one of his last nights in town. Okay. So I went out with him for a little bit, worked again at Thursday at 6 in the morning, and then Thursday, I had, um, Thursday was fine, and then fr- I was like, finally, I get to sleep in on Friday, finally. But what I was supposed to do Thursday afternoon fell through, so I had to do it Friday morning, which I had to go downtown 
to film this commercial for class, so I'm up at 5.30 again, yeah. out the door by 6, recording this commercial for like five and a half hours. Well, don't hours. forget Thursday, too. We did record on Thursday. Did we? Because okay. I, I got back on Wednesday. So. Yeah, that's right. So, and yeah, then, you were you had even then, a nighttime And then well. after filming for five and a half hours, I had came back to the suburbs and then worked until like 10. And then Saturday was fine because I slept in until about 7.30, if you call that sleeping in. Dude, and nice. I, which was, I did get enough sleep. Yeah. But then I go to class i'm there all day we had our last show of sabotage and then i'm like okay 8 a.m and then like, well let's record at 7 a.m like fuck all right fine we'll record at 7 a.m that's why when i texted you i was like are you awake i was like i hope he does not oh no no if i'm gonna if i'm gonna change it to seven o'clock i i know how much of a burden that is on people and it's like i'm not gonna is a new day where i'll get to sleep in all right how how late you think i'm gonna sleep in i'll have class again at night all right and then have to wake up again at 6 a.m but then wednesday luckily i was I was able to – someone switched with me because they wanted to do stuff so I can sleep again on Wednesday. But so, I've yeah. you doing one thing after dude, another. Dude, man. And uh, with the conclusion of Sabotage, you didn't tell me when the last week was yeah. coming up. I uh, how, how did the last show end up going? Well, my parents were there. Oh, really? They ended up, up – oh. Yeah. They changed the color of the uh, wall again. So in, Again? In, instead of being – yeah, it's nice. Instead of being like – Red and orange, which everyone just hated. They, they probably it, got a lot of feedback. They made it like a blue and like a light blue. I so it guarantee looks you, people complain to change that. Way, way better. Yeah, it looks a thousand times better. Um, so yes, this is so unprofessional. I mean, I still think that it should just be black, a black background. Why not? Because no. it's way more neutral, and in my opinion. If you're doing improv up there, or if you're doing anything up there, it's just, again, it's more neutral. And if you have a background that looks like a dining uh, room wall, it's a little, for aesthetics, it's not as believable when, oh, I'm outside, we're in a cave, like if you're doing improv, you know, or just wherever the the scene takes place. Yeah. That's my two cents. So are there any big takeaways from this whole experience of... Your your set of shows, and yeah. Any learning curves that you care to share with us? I mean, anything can happen. I don't think I had one. I mean, I only had five. I don't think I had one show where everything went it according wasn't to plan. Perfect. Yeah. Because this time around, like I forgot one line or one, yeah, one sentence of like a four or five sentence line. That I had never forgotten before. So you didn't for, think any show was perfect. But for some no reason, it just didn't – I just didn't know. And it was fine because the next person just picked it up. So there was no – like the audience never knows. It yeah. was very smooth and everything. Um, another thing, I guess, is this time around, it was weird because when I was on stage, I kind of felt shitty because I was – I had like lost a little bit of that energy. I was just kind of like, all right, I'm ready for this to be done. <coughs> You know? Oh, yeah. Totally. Which, doing it once a week for five weeks is nothing compared to, like, professionals on Broadway who do this, like, almost every night, twice a day on Saturday, probably twice a day on Sunday for 9, 12, 16, you know, who knows how long these shows go until they start, uh, you know, the ink, the ticket sales start to dwindle. Well, which you- could be a long, long time. Oh, totally. I mean, and in the same way, too, I think about... 
I think about, well, the Avengers Infinity War trailer just dropped and like a week ago. And I was thinking to myself, those people who are acting in like those big budget movies, they have to, they have to be just like on Broadway, except that's all they're doing is repeating the same line or the same set of lines over and over again, every day after every day. So how do you, how do you keep that same sort of enthusiasm and wonder and that perfection of making the audience feel what you want to, if you've done 25 to a hundred takes, I don't even know how many they would do to get it perfect. I mean, I would say like 30 to 40 takes for one scene is pretty fucking ridiculous. But that's the one where it's like, well, you also at the same time are moving cameras around. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, but also with these Broadway shows too, I think sometimes, I mean, you you can get up to the hundred, like five to seven hundred shows, you know, like performances. I mean, at some point understudy, like if someone leaves the show, there's an understudy to fill their role and everything but it's still just so it's like, like a it's, it's like still a mentally taxing time period of doing 500 shows or whatever what the person does 500 shows no no or? no I, what i'm saying is you were saying like 30 to 40 takes yeah you know how do you mentally stay with it mm-hmm. and i was saying like well well like with similar with broadway where you might uh a show might run for say five to seven hundred performances. Oh, that, okay. That actor may be there the whole time, or they may leave, or they may get sick, and then understudy takes over. But what I'm getting at is, it's just like anything, dude. It's just, it's just the more you do it, the stronger you are at you know your craft. Yes. Just, just don't turn into Kevin Spacey. Yeah, just don't turn into Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, it's just mentally, it could be mentally taxing, and it's just like the more that you do it, the the longer you're able to do it before it starts to drain your batteries oh yeah no and i mean i can't imagine how much energy goes into perfecting your craft i mean how much where on the scale of zero to 100 percent are you saying would you say that you are in your capacity as an actor i would me yeah you i mean like zero being zero being Neil I don't think anyone and will ever 100 be, being... I don't think anyone will... I, if you ask the... I'm if, saying... If you ask, like, the the Leonardo DiCaprio's and Charlie's Theron's of Hollywood, I would... I'm willing to bet that for... they At the end of any film they do, they always look at me like, oh, I could have done this a little bit differently. Or, oh, I could have done this just a little bit better. I think people are always at least how i am looking back being like oh i could have done this better i could have done see there's got to be some better. objectivity you but, have to you have to be able to differentiate the the good from the listen, great listen 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 yeah. everything i'm doing right now i'm doing 100% but that yeah, that for sure. that level that bar will continue to increase as time yeah so how much do you feel like it's on. increased on, oh, on I, your I on your no track idea. okay I so it's tell. just a little bit it, it wasn't like a huge transformative because thing our teacher, like getting up for the first time it's, it wasn't one of those seminal like life-changing right. moments. I mean, the only thing was that I performed in front of an audience as opposed to, like, performing in front of, like, classmates, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know if the attendance was, like, when I ended up going that week, it but was, it, was uh, pack, it was a it packed was, house. It was every Had show, 50 every to 70 show people in I believe, was every show. Uh, sold out, I think. I mean, they could not have packed any more people in that room, and it's um, not a huge room, but... No. But yeah, it it's was like a full everyone audience. was cramped. It was in a there. full audience yeah. every single night, and uh, I don't recall what I was going to say next, somewhat related to this, but I can't remember. Oh, you were talking. Well, you were talking about uh, the 
standing up in front of people yeah. and oh, speaking oh. for the first Although time. I was going to say was you were asking, like, how much is that increase? Yeah. I have no idea because also in class, um, our instructor was, like, saying how everyone's improved so much. He's like, you guys may not notice, but everyone really has improved over the last, you know, five months. It's like, <coughs> I really don't notice. Yeah. You know, because of some little things every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure down the road I can look back and notice but I yeah i mean that's one of those things where i feel like it's really hard to get objective feedback yeah just because i mean when you deal with the field of art sort of artist objective so the quality of a performance is in the eye of the beholder really yeah. so but wow man so any shows on the horizon or are you uh taking My a showcase. little bit of a your showcase so this was sabotage <laughs> just separate from the class that i'm in that's sabotage is done the showcase is December 16th and 19th, so that's on Saturday and sun- and Tuesday. And the showcase is a compilation of scenes of uh, myself and my other classmates. Okay. Yeah. That'll be fun. And how how long in the future is that? Uh, well, that's like two weeks away. Oh, wow. So that's kind of around the corner. Yeah. So you are on to your next preparation role. Yeah, so after that... We'll be done. I'll be done, and then I'll probably take a little breather from classes and just focus on like getting work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. Well, we didn't get a chance to finish my yeah, my little finish up trip to where Minnesota. Did we, where did we leave off? Uh, with some sound technical difficulties, which yes, I'm going to articulate that because it bothered me. So I need to at least voice that. That's all right. <laughs> no, I mean it. It's a learning experience. I totally. I mean we've kind of abandoned like i said sound well we just haven't done sound checks i mean we've gotten out of the habit of just doing it every week and yeah okay so anyway i meant where did we leave off (laughs) i know what you meant (laughs) i was just looking for an opportunity to insert that no uh so we left off where basically we had gotten to the point of i had it was like the end of sunday so a lot of football and i was working on the YouTube channel stuff and didn't really get a chance to, but what I found the two most interesting days were the two last days that I was there. And it's just, I love doing random stuff. And I don't know, when's the last time that you threw a football around with, with a friend, just like went outside, just played catch. I, I also can similar to the parade. Years, right? It's been years, right? Uh, it's been a few years. I used to do that type of shit with Danny all the time in the summer in between colleges, always throw a baseball or football around. Something so simple but would bring so much joy. So much joy. And so Brooks and I, uh, we had, we had the, he had the day off and so it was just him and I hanging out at his house. And he's just like, want to throw the football around? I'm like, sure, I haven't done that. And we started throwing the football around. Was your arm sore the next day? Dude, after 15 minutes, (laughs) we're both drenched in sweat. (laughs) We're like, it's, it's probably about... 45, 50 degrees out. We're, like, stripping off our sweatshirts. We're just, like, panting, like, yeah. hands on our knees. Well, all we're doing is just tossing the ball yeah. back and forth. You know, sometimes trying to make the cool catch and things like yeah. that. But after 15 minutes, we're just like, <gasps> all right, good workout, guys. We're, we're bringing it in. All right, it was a good day. But, dude, it was so much fun. Yes, my, my arm was so sore, I think, like a day afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I, I just forgot the simple pleasures of just – being outside, you know, it was a really nice day out, enjoying the semi-warm Minnesota winter weather, mm-hmm. and just hanging out. I mean, not even talking or anything, just tossing the ball back and forth. It, it was like, really good. Not even talking like 
Someone you throw someone throws the ball, someone makes the catch, your you focus make, you your, make eye contact, the eye contact and you kinda of smile and for a brief moment, you know, you wish you know, there's maybe a camera in front of you to take that cliche shot of a guy just having fun with the football. I know ne- I catch. never I love how your mind goes to the in, to the selfie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes, I just wish I could take a selfie right. No, no man. not a selfie, but just like uh, to capture the moment, yes, yes, like a Kodak moment. But yeah, it's one of those bonding experiences, right? Where you're trying to throw the best pass that you can, the other person's trying to make the best catch that they can. <laughs> it's just a mutual experience, and it's like when you get that perfect pass and that perfect catch, where you just throw it spiral right into his arms. He catches it perfectly under his arm. Yeah, smile and nod. <laughs> smile and nod. It's a bonding experience, unlike throws any other. one that maybe you have to sidestep, but yeah. you get it anyway. You, exactly, where sometimes you do the one, you jump up the amazing one-handed catch of the of the duck. Fourth and long, hail mary. Two seconds left in the game. Uh, 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 shuffle, throw, another catch, another catch. Scramble out of the pocket, yeah. throw an on the move pass. We tried punting it a couple of times, ended oh, up gosh. on a neighbor's roof. <laughs> so really? that was yeah, we got it back. It was fine, but. Um, so yeah, that was just, it was a lot of fun being outside. And so Brooks and I ended up going back in, played a little, little FIFA. Oh, that's right. On PS3. Yeah. yeah you tell me you whooped Love, his ass. I, I, no, it was actually pretty even. I'd say of the, all, of the, all the games that we played, we, it was about even win loss, which I have to say for somebody who hasn't played video games yeah. in a year, I'm pretty impressed. I was with my thinking muscle the memory. other day of uh, Madden when we played on your Xbox. I was like, "Damn, I need to get some NFL Madden. Blitz." Did you ever play I NFL played Blitz? That, yeah, all the time. Yeah. I don't know if we ever played together. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so I either. played that all the time. That was a brutal game. All it was was just hitting the other players, <laughs> <laughs> trying to knock them down before they could catch the ball. When we got when I when we got that game, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Like first and thirty. Like, I don't understand. Oh, I get it now. Oh, I get it now. It's not even a, it's this, just about, is fun. this is just about, kill, yeah, it's just destroying, about killing other players. Destroying. Yeah. yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And then, so, do you know what Hy-Vee is? Hy-Vee? Hy-Vee. Hy-Vee? Hy- it's H-Y-V-E-E. I did not know what that it's is. It's a chain store that's actually around the Midwest, Des Moines. I would first come across it in Des Moines. It's a grocery store. It's like a jewel, tar- uh, like a... Okay. Like a Julasco. Um, regional. Uh, I guess it's regional because we don't really – we don't have Hy-Vees in the Chicago no. area. I thought – I, in, you said Hy-Vee and I was like, like Ivy? <laughs> is this like a plant that you came across? Well, I didn't know. No, no, no. no. Yeah, no. This is a grocery store. Okay. Hy-Vee. It's a grocery store, right? And it's the same – it's the pretty much identical to what you'd find at any one like local chain like a Julasco okay. you walk in. They love their Hy-Vees in – Minnesota. Minnesota. And so they have decked this place out in a place where they actually have a Hy-Vee restaurant as well that Brooks likes to frequent uh, at the bar. And just, like, that's his bar. Mm-hmm. That's his local bar. They have the best prices on certain days, like half off and stuff like that. Um, and so that's where he goes. It's it's a really nice place. It's like a restaurant, very, you know, clean-looking, uh, ambient music. Got the big, large screen TVs above the bar. You know, very, very casual. We've discussed the TVs at the bar. Oh, yes. Okay, the continue. TVs at the yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah. But anyway, so I just found it very interesting that, yeah, this is such a Minnesota thing to do. Just go to your local grocery store and get drunk. Like, <laughs> hang out at the, at the bar and, and go back. And so we have a couple of drinks. 
But they close they close the bar at like ten o'clock. So we get there at maybe eight thirty. So we're only there for maybe an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We have a pint and end up leaving back, pull back into Brooks's house, and we get out of the car and look around and there's like this mist hovering across all, all across the street. It's a it's a clear night. There it's not foggy or anything like that. It's a crisp, clear night. Breathe in someone must be doing a campfire or something. Oh, okay. But this is weird because it is just a haze that's hovering over the street. And then as we're walking inside, my mind clicks back. There were two cars, two cop cars speeding past us on our way home uh, in the opposite direction. And I just found that, you know, peculiar. We had made some sort of offhand comment. But then I stop and listen and suddenly I hear sirens just rising and falling in the background. Mm -hmm. And... I turn around, walk back outside, take another look. I'm like, this is not a smoke that's coming from anywhere in the near vicinity. This is this is oh. a fire. This is a – and I, as I hear the fire, and suddenly I hear the fire trucks and the ambulances. I'm like, there's a fire somewhere. So I run inside. I'm like, hey, Brooks, I think there's a house burning on your neighborhood somewhere. He's like, want to go find it? <laughs> I'm like, yes. And so – we're not gonna we're not gonna drive around, mm-hmm. but he's like, we have bicycles. And I'm like, Stranger Things. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and so we hop on the bike and dude, it feels so much like Stranger Things. I think I'm using Angie's bike, and her bike is meant for a smaller girl. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like crushed over, like yeah. got a little uh, riding trying to stay on the bike. And Brooks is ahead, and we're weaving in and out of these neighborhood streets. I mean, Minnesota, the roads are just so windy and stuff. Even the suburban areas, roads will just come and go and dead end randomly. And there's just plots of forest, unmarked forest, on period, you know, periods of land. And so we're driving around and suddenly the smoke starts getting thicker as we're going maybe a half mile or um, three quarters of a mile. It starts getting heavier. And then, you know, we go another maybe mile or so and then Brooks is like over there i see flames over the house and so we make it down uh, to the the street there everyone is you've got probably like eight cop cars two fire trucks they got the giant ladder hanging up over there they got people spraying water all over the place mm-hmm. apparently a garage had caught on fire and just engulfed wow. it had been engulfed in flames and the fire had spread throughout basically all over the area so you had you know gawkers and stuff like there the media had i think it just gotten there um as we were getting ready to leave we stayed there for maybe 10 or 15 minutes just being like oh this is like interesting kind of cool what's crazy about fire is like even when it's far away you can feel the heat of the fire when it's a big ass fire like that yeah yeah oh it was definitely warm i mean granted we were broiling from riding our bicycles Mm -hmm. two miles but the the irony of the whole situation is that or the coincidence, perhaps, is that this is the second garage that's burned down while I've been visiting Brooks and Angie. <laughs> because it was maybe five or six years ago that I was visiting them during December when they had an apartment before they had moved into a house. And a garage unit literally across from there had just gone up in flames. Wow. And it was the exact same situation where Brooks and I went outside and just watched the thing burn as the mm-hmm. fire trucks. And... Uh, I, we told Angie afterwards, Brooks's wife, and she had said something to the extent of, don't tell anyone, like, they might come looking for you or something like that. But I just thought that was very interesting. The What are the odds of encountering a a, a garage fire twice over the course yeah. of a decade with that the same friends yeah. in the same state 
doing the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. really weird. That is weird. Flashback. But it brought back a lot of good memories from, from that day and age, back before more responsibility. And that was on Sunday or Monday? That was Monday. And then, oh, man. And then, here's here's the part that probably was just the, uh, the, the poorest decision that we could have possibly made. So, we, we drive back. And we don't want to have to bike the full two miles. So there we uh, come across this foresty area that's unmarked, no pass, no nothing. It's just, you know, forest. All the leaves are dead, so it's kind of clear and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And on the other side is a street we need to get to. What we, need to, what we would need to do if we wanted to follow the road is go probably a, an extra, you know, mile around the park. And we're thinking... Well, we just we want to go on an adventure. Let's just cut through it. So we started cutting through it, and it looked as though it was just a little short jog down the hill, back up the hill to the other <laughs> side. Turns out in the dark, things just expand infinitely more. We get down into there. I'm like, holy crap, we're in a forest right now. But I'm still thinking, there's no way it can be that far away. Like, we can do this if we just beeline it through there's no path though and we have bikes with us and so we're trying to walk the through like some trodden where maybe some deer have gone stuff like Mm -hmm. that get through there we go for probably about a quarter of a mile which we're walking for maybe 10 minutes and it's like we're not even halfway across no way (laughs) and i'm thinking to myself how is that possible how is this possible we're a quarter of a mile in we've been walking for 10 minutes now and we finally come to an area that is just – it's impassable by just rolling your bike through it. And we, uh, Brooks and I look at each other and it's like, do we want to turn back? I think to myself, no. Like we are going to – we are going to accomplish this task of getting through this damn forest. Mm-hmm. We've walked for 10 minutes. I don't want to waste another 10 minutes walking by if it's only five – if we're only five minutes through. So I take we take out the GPS. We're like – Oh, we're halfway. We're literally halfway. So we can try and keep going forward or we can go back. So we pick up the bikes, put them on our shoulder, trudge through the grass, trudge through the underbrush, come across one of these deer hunting cameras, which freaks me the fuck out because it, it takes a flash of, like, it takes a picture of the deer or whatever with a, one of those infrared lights. So yeah. I'm, like, I, I'm like, Brooks, are there, <laughs> any hunt- the are there any hunters in this area right now? There's a like, guy with a bicycle. Uh, I was like, why there. is there a, a deer camera in a, in a, in woods surrounding residential area? I'm kind of freaked out about that. He's like, well, I wouldn't worry too much about it. So I'm like, okay, fine. Let's just get through this. We end, <laughs> we end up going another five minutes, weaving in and out forward, trying to get to the other side. We come across a stream, an effing stream that is uncrossable, and it's literally maybe two blocks further up. But the only way to cross is by going half a mile upstream and crossing a bridge. Otherwise, there's no way you could forge this this stream. It How was big is big. this thing? It was it was the size size of uh, probably Roosevelt. No way. I mean, from start to finish, from slope down, and then it was filled uh, a good street's worth of water. And I have no idea how deep that water ended up going. Wow. So this thing is like four lanes of traffic we, wide. Yeah. Damn. Uh, well, no, like from the start of the descent down oh, okay, to the okay, thing. Okay, so okay. The, the stream itself is not four wide. Okay. It's, it's maybe about a street and a half. Okay. The stream is a street and a half wide. So 
there's no way you can forge it without going like up there and we have electronic devices and we're not i'm just wow going like chest deep into this and so now yeah we're like three quarters of a mile in and brooks is like well let's just try and go north and i'm like dude it's a half a mile he's like we can do it just like oh my god that's when it gets that's when there's no path and we are we are creating the first paths that have traversed there in a while there is no way to get through vines, and all of this just, just sticking everywhere. All of this is because you don't want to ride one mile on a bicycle, which takes about five to seven minutes to do. I wanted an adventure, and an adventure is what we got because we get another quarter of a mile, and we realize there is no way. I, like I'm starting to freak out now because we've been in there for probably about forty five minutes, and I'm thinking this was supposed to be a ten minute like, yeah. cross through. And we've been here for closing in an hour. It is like my phone's at thirty percent. We're losing light, like we're losing battery life. We're using the flashlight to make sure we don't, you know, trip on anything. I just want to get, I just want to get out of here. Like I'm to that point, like just get me to the street. We're both drenched in sweat. Like we're trying to trudge through with bicycles on our back. And Brooks last night, two suburban men froze to death, death. Yeah, <laughs> trying to cross the forge. <laughs> No one knows what happened. Why they to had them. bicycles with them, we don't know. <laughs> we will never know. There's a road that just goes around about one mile. <laughs> so uh we end up we end up changing directions, and I don't realize this, but we end up going the exact opposite direction that we just came. And so oh we finally see we finally see flat grass and a way to get onto a road, and we go up and I look around and it's the exact same place we entered. An hour ago. No. How did this happen? I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> I am not a tracker. I'm not a ranger. Like, I'm not I'm not very good. But all, like, you, Brooks but is, all you're doing is going straight. I, well, yeah, no. Because we went... So the road was here. Yeah. Went there. Went... Tried so to cross the river. You straight, so okay. you So... Yeah. Parallel. The forest was here. Tried to cross. There's a river also yeah. parallel. Went north. Ended up turning around. And going like that, and exiting at the exact same location. So it was kind of, kind of this big oval that we made. And I think I might actually even. So did you end up riding your bicycles around the forest? We ended up riding around. We ended up riding around in the end. So you know, we got to experience uh, the wilderness of. uh, This is like after survival. We had we had survived. I think this was. There's one where we were. In the middle. This yeah. is when we were in the middle. Wow. Yeah. So that is we were just drenched in sweat by the, by the end of it. And uh, I was I was loving it. I'm like, I never get a chance to do these crazy, crazy random things. So, yeah. Then we end up going out, getting back. And we're just, it's, it's probably, oh, 1130, almost midnight at this point in time. And we're like, want a cigar? All right. Oh, let's yeah. Do, let's do a bonfire and cigar. Yeah. And so we end up going outside chatting and uh beautiful night for it allowed us to cool down and all that very relaxing i mean i love doing campfires Mm -hmm. i don't do them enough um but i enjoy campfires i just don't enjoy smelling like a campfire yeah that smell really does linger but there's nothing like doing a campfire in in the winter months oh yeah and then uh yeah so that we pretty much wrapped up the night there and then Tuesday was was pretty chill. We ended up trying to do another campfire, but as soon as we got the campfire lit outside in his uh, fire pit, I get a notice on my phone from the weather service, something to the extent of, 
wind advisory, wind, wind and dry air advisory in effect. Do not light bonfires or do not light any fires outside for anything. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at that fire like, should we just keep it? Put it out. We did the responsible thing. <coughs> we ended up we ended up putting it out. Just yeah, we didn't. After the fire last night, we didn't want to yeah, <laughs> do any. We otherwise, if we hadn't if we hadn't seen that fire, we probably would have kept doing it outside and not even thought about it. And uh, played some some cribbage and stuff like that. But at the end of the night, went to a Timberwolves game. Oh, fun. Minnesota Timberwolves were playing the uh, Washington Wizards. And haven't been to an NBA game since the uh, Brooklyn Nets hosted the Chicago Bulls back in New York when I was living there. Nice. So, so this is now Tuesday night? This is, yeah, Tuesday night. The Wolves held the lead all of the game and lost in the last minute minute and a half of the game. I'm just Sorry. like, wow, it's like watching the Bulls and the Bears. <laughs> yeah. It feels like home. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Um we ended up getting pretty high seats, but yeah, I had I had not been to a prof- professional sporting event in a while, so it was it was good to uh to get out and and be with be with the masses. The weird thing too is on the train ride to the game, the thing about Brooks and Victor, Victor up in Minnesota mm-hmm. is that they both care about people a lot, and so there was this homeless guy who who got on the 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 train, like the metro train, that the commuter train that they use up there, and he has like blood coming down his face and down his hand. He's got like this huge like his face is all swollen up, and he's just like walking around like, like yeah. something's wrong with him. And so, what would you do in an instance like that? But like, that sucks. I'm not going to get myself involved in that. So Victor goes over. And he's like, dude, what's wrong with you? You're bleeding. Are you okay? And we literally stick with him until the last stop on the train, get off. And then Victor and Brooks are like, we need to hail down a cop and like, see, you know, see if we can get this guy help. And it's like, they're not going to leave until they're sure that this guy has some sort of help, which means, I don't know, like it it was a very weird because it was one of those things. It's just like, wow, that's Minnesota nice for you because it's, it feels like that's something that a lot of people up there would do kind of, it's not necessarily inserting themselves in your business, but it's like when something is clearly wrong, like he couldn't even say what his name was. So we Why? ended up, because you guys ass whooped so much or cause he was hammered drunk. We couldn't tell. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't reeking of anything yeah. necessarily, but something was wrong. I mean, he could have gotten a concussion. He was bleeding. Mm-hmm. So that's like a public hazard. So that I think Victor was right to notice. Cause I would normally, I didn't even notice. Like I was just like, Oh, drunk homeless guy on the train, whatever, like, leave him be. But Victor's like, oh, there's blood. Like, that's kind of problematic. Mm -hmm. And so we end up, a cop ends up literally driving right past us. He stops at the next stoplight. Brooks and I hustle down to, like, get his attention while Victor stays with the guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're like, officer, officer. He rolls down his window. Hey, we got this situation. There's this guy bleeding all over there. You know what his response is? What? Call 911. (laughs) And we're like, well, yeah, but you're here. It's like, all right, I'll go around the block and I'll I'll be back. But it was like trying to like convince him. It's like we have we have you are a public servant. Yeah. And here like, we're asking for help, and your response is to call nine one one. You are nine one one. You are nine one one. And and so we're walking back. I'm like, oh my god. And Bruce is like, yeah, it happens all the time here. And I'm just like, what? And then we see this other cop car that was parked way down there. If we'd seen that first, we would have gone to to them, but. Uh, I think he radios to any other units in the area, and it just so happens she, there's two uh, cops there, and both of them get out, female cops, 
And they come over, and they have, like, the blue latex gloves and stuff ready. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they intercept, I'm just like, okay, are, like, are you guys good? Are everything good? And they're like, yeah, we got it. And so we just end up piecing out. But When you said there, I I had a feeling that for sure that then you mentioned that you guys go up to the cop, I, he was just going to be like, no. Like, just not going to want to be involved. I had just had a feeling. He looked like why. the kind of cop who wouldn't want to get involved, too. Like, he, he had the... Sort of like the the ball, like the the glasses of like I don't really belong in the police force, <laughs> but my but my parents made me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, like anything, like it's just going to involve more paperwork. When he can just he be, has to get out in the cold. He, can he can't just ride around. driving around. Yeah, you know. Let someone. Yeah, he would call nine one one so that one of his coworkers could deal with it. Yeah, seriously. That's. I think that's what his initial reaction was to do. It's like, dude, you're patrolling this effing block, yeah. and there's an issue. That's your responsibility. What? 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 What are your tax or what are our tax dollars going for if you're not gonna do your job? But yeah, apparently now that now that you mentioned that, that actually is a common problem. There was a video on I think Cracked. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. That explained why police officers will not intervene in New York City if you're getting attacked with a knife. Really? Yeah. Because they could get liable for – and they don't want to get injured and there's like liability issues with union stuff. So they'll literally – there was an instance – the story that they were highlighting was two New York officers were in a train car looking in on this crazy guy with a knife stabbing a bunch of passengers and they were just standing there. So can there be like And they were in the uh, right for doing that. They were in the right? Legally, yes. Really? Yes. I was about to say, like, can't they be sued for not just not for not doing anything? Tried to get sued and the judge ruled police officers actually are not required by law to intervene when it is when it involves something like a knife. Wow. A gun, they can intervene. But with a knife? Or or a, a, a bad or conduct like, with just fists or just being crazy without any weapons. They, they don't have they don't have to intervene. Yeah, if if, if it's like a crowbar or a golf club or whatever, they don't have to. Really? Unless they're – unless, and I think it had to do with unless they are specifically called by dispatch to deal with an issue. If they're just on duty patrolling, they don't have to do anything. It has to be officially called in. Why don't you just take out your taser and taser the guy? Legal issues. Like it's – they don't want to get sued. So they just don't do anything and let the bloodshed like go. <laughs> that boggles my mind. It's crazy. Uh, when I when I and I saw that story online and then experiencing that, it's like you know, I mean, with poli- with police departments all over the country getting sued right now, you do have this pushback from police officers that say, "I'm not going to solve crimes anymore because I don't want to. I don't want to get sued." I've seen. Um, well, I know that I believe in. I think like in Great Britain, the knives are a lot more popular among criminals than guns. Guns are outlawed. Um, And they, like, train police how to deal with people with knives, and they have special... Because knives can go through uh, a bulletproof vest. But anyway, and I've seen videos, too, on YouTube on, like, this is how this country deals with... uh, The police force in this country deals with crazy people or people with a knife or just whatever. It's like, oh, wow, this is such... This is much more effective and less violent than the way that 
the police in the United States deal with. Well, you know, cops people. don't have guns in England. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. I, and so that just reduces so much tension because, like, I'm not going to lose my life. Like, yeah. I may get a smack upside the head with a baton, but that's not like getting a gunshot wound to the heart. Yeah. You know, there's a distinct difference there. And I think that that really decreases tension because it's like you're not wheeling a life or death tool and and accusing me of something which makes me super defensive and nervous like is the human reaction that i think a lot of people Mm -hmm. have and yeah simple things that can be done to but everyone here is scared for their life well because too there was a video like let's say for example some crazy guy is standing there the first reaction is like take out your gun you just stand there and you point and you just wait to maybe you shoot maybe you do Mm -hmm. and i think i saw this video in like japan where they literally walk up, and it wasn't exactly like a net, but it was some other weird thing. It was like something as simple as just walking up to the guy. You know, you can be probably a good 10 feet away, just throwing a net over him. And then, like, 10 or 15 officers slowly walk in. He can't do anything, you know. I didn't think about a net. Wow. It's like something weird like that. Yeah. As simple as that. But, I mean, just that's like, super just effective. throw it over. All right. He can't do anything. Let's slowly walk in. And All right. Yeah. I mean, I worked on Thor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah. So that was that was one of those things where I just – I have such a sour taste for law enforcement. Not in the people who serve in law enforcement, but in the system itself that they are required to follow. Because a lot of these people are good people put in really shitty situations. It's like working in a broken system only leads to bad consequences that's a little philosophical but it's it's <laughs> sunday morning so why not get philosophical yeah but so that was tuesday uh and then wednesday did you have an early flight wednesday morning or no in, thank night, goodness or? it was it was one of those things too where my flight was at <laughs> my flight was at uh 12 30 so they board at noon right we don't leave victor's house until about eleven thirty eight. And so, how far does he live from the airport? He lives about twenty to twenty-five minutes away. What? Yeah, I know. And I'm just like, aren't we cutting it a little close? And we arrive at uh, it's like eleven fifty-eight or something like that. Uh, and so my, I'm just like, oh man. And I'm a boarding class too, so I I get the luxury of you know choosing seats. But if I'm not there, I can't board until mm-hmm. I get there, obviously. And so I'm like, oh, two minutes till it's boarding. Within two minutes, I'm at the gate. From the time that I walk into the airport, go through security, and get to my gate, two minutes. How big is this airport? What airport is this? It's, this is a regional airport. It's, that's why. Uh, no, I think it's an international airport. But it's a, the terminal. The terminal oh, for, uh, for Southwest. So it's it's a smaller terminal. Um, and But it's – no, I mean, and my gate was kind of right there. But basically, just – Walked up the stairs, walked through security, literally just kept going. When I'm at two airports like that, crazy. that aren't like super I was the only one crazy. There. Only one. You know, when I'm at airports and there's like no one around, it, it's so weird. I It's just like so, so even I, – because I've been obviously to O'Hare, you know, or LaGuardia or LAX You went when it's early in the morning. And hey, granted, it's not as crazy like on a holiday, but it's still – you know, it's not overwhelming, but there's still a lot of people, and you can get to where you need to be mm-hmm. somewhat efficiently without being a hassle. But so when I go to an airport and there's like nobody there, or like for some reason I'm in the middle of nowhere, which to me is any 
place other than you know the top five major cities in the country (laughs) (laughs) and and like you just walk through security and it's still just a metal detector yeah there's like no line they have yeah i've I've been through some airports like i could have legitimately had like a bunch of drugs in my pocket and no one would think otherwise no there's no dog totally yeah then that's it's like a ghost town it's like what yeah, it, it it's kind of creepy because there were th- there were three I think lanes open, but again I was the only one in sight, the only one before me, and the only one at, like by the time I'd gotten through, there's still no one had come through. That everyone was just hanging out. I was just like, wow, this is like a ghost airport right now. I don't know if ours was the only flight going on, but it was just super quiet. I had not seen that airport. It was that like quiet. you're. I I believe in. I think it was Meet the Parents. And that, and I think it was Meet the Parents where Ben Stiller is sitting there waiting for, like, to be caught, boarded on the airplane. There's, like, nobody there. It's just him. And they're, like, boarding, you know, uh, boarding class number five. And he's, like, hey, can I just, like, go up? Like, there's no one here. He's, like, please wait, sir. <laughs> there's, like, you know, boarding this next, you know, group group three or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's, and then there's a shot of him just waiting there, like, with his hands around his suitcase, like, like this, no one's around, and that, please sit down, sir, it's not your reporting time yet, you know, reporting group, you know, two or four, whatever, and then she, sir, and then he, like, looks around, there's, like, no one there still, but then he's able to get up and board. Yeah, yep, story of my life. That's so crazy. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, uh, the encapsulation of my, of my journey there. So, you get back Wednesday. Yep. And, uh, did you take a nap at all, or what did you do when you came back? Well, dude, I mean, so my flight was at 12:30, and the problem the problem with coming back into Chicago is that you're so, you're reliant on basically how close you can get the train into the the burbs, right? The metro into the burbs. So I get in, we we land. So the flight is only supposed to be an hour and a half long. We land on the tarmac 40 minutes early. At, let that register. Yeah. An hour and a half. Oh, trust me. I've experienced, like, any and all airport things. That is almost half the time that they said it would take. And I'm like, what? 40 minutes early? That's awesome. We waited on the tarmac for another 30 minutes because the yeah. effing plane at the gate had not left yet. Yeah. So that screw all that yeah. F. Because I'm like, 40 minutes early? This is great. Was able to watch a full episode of Law and Order while while we waited for the plane to dock on the free Wi-Fi on uh, on Southwest free Wi-Fi. It's funny because it feels like uh, sitting on an airplane. So let's say if it's an hour and a half flight, you land forty minutes early. That forty minutes is more frustrating and boring than if you were just been been in, in the, the air. I just know been in the air. exactly. Even if they're in the air and like, hey, we're gonna have to circle for a little bit. It's like, uh, it's all right. We're still in the air. I can look out the window, but like nothing is like going if you're on sleeping you're too. Standing. If you're sleeping too, when you hit the ground, you naturally wake up and like wake yourself up and you're there for another 40 minutes when that would have been a great extra 30 minute nap. You know, that's my attitude. We were on a plane one time going, I can't remember where we were going to, but we spent two hours on the uh, tarmac because they had to fix the (coughs) PA when they talk into it Mm -hmm. and say, you know, buckle up or whatever. They, that had to be fixed. Mm. So we spent two hours so that people wow. you know, they could use the PA. I generally don't have any issues when it comes to flying. I've, I've had pretty good luck. I don't either. I like flying a lot. Me too. I always, I always feel funny when I'm sitting on the plane. They're like, 
oh, it's so it's so fucking cold outside. We're gonna have to de-ice the plane I, so oh, you guys don't die in the air. I've had I've uh, had multiple. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's well, cool because they just up. they're pumping yeah. this like green or pink, sometimes chemical or like mm-hmm. this weird colored chemical. It's just like this. It looks kind of cool. It does. Yeah. yeah. I've had that happen a couple of times. And again, from from Minnesota, where I think it was one of the small airports or something like that, where yeah. I've I've experienced a lot of de-icing of the planes, which is like, God, it's effing it, that how cold, oh, it should not be this cold that they need to de-ice the planes that are in in action constantly. I uh, also when I look out the window, I use my imagination and I think to myself, well, I'll, I think to myself when we take off, if I were on the wing of the plane and I'm holding on, you know, yeah, I got I've got my chest on the wing and I've got my fingers Tom around Cruise the style. edge, yeah, I'm like this, how long can i hold on within seconds after it takes off that i can let go before i it's too before it's too high and i die which is about three quarters of a second i'd say yeah yeah instantly basically or regardless of the speed you know and then as we ascend it's like going higher 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 higher. it's like nope yeah you're definitely dead you're let go and then i think to myself when we're outside if if by some way i could just hold on to the wing like, ah, it's like, nope, at, you know, 600 miles an hour, probably not likely. But I still like to play that scenario off in my head. You mentioned that, and I had that exact same thought as the plane was turning. And so I'm on the side where it's looking, where the plane is almost vertical to the mm-hmm. gra- the oh window. Is gosh, almost, yeah. And I'm just like, this this is a long way down. Like, yeah. this would really hurt it. Like, if I, if for whatever reason, you know, my seat just decided to fall out of the plane... I'd have a lot of time to just think about how yeah. horrifying this experience is before I splattered. Like, there's no... And if the plane crashed, there's no saving anyone. Like, of course everyone on plane crashes dies. There's... Look at how far down we are. Like, it becomes a realization when you're just looking directly downward. Sometimes I wonder <sighs> if you just drop a person in the middle of the air, if they would freeze to death before hitting the ground. Like, if you go through a cloud yeah. and you get wet. Because when the, the air up there is, like... Pretty freaking cold. Yeah. But on your way down, too, if it's, like, a cold day, even when you're back, you know, yeah. uh, not up at the level where the planes fly, but if you're wet falling. <laughs> I don't know. That, like I feel like that's degrees. a Mythbusters experiment know. right there. I feel like Maybe you wouldn't freeze to that, on. but it would certainly be uncomfortable. I'm sure someone's tried. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, so I, we, but we do end up getting off a little before two o'clock. So it's nice. We're still there maybe 10 minutes early, but then I have to take the, the loop train into the city Mm -hmm. from midway to the loop. And that takes another 45 minutes. By the time I get in, you know, there's no way I'm catching the 240 train. I have to wait to the 340 train, which doesn't get in to Glen Ellen until 430. And then I have to walk from the train station to my house, which is another half an hour, so yeah, I didn't get back till like five, and okay. took care of the dog and all that. So it was it was a long day of travel, and it normally is in those sort of cases. Really reminds me of my college days, but it was uh, overall, man, good trip, good flight, good uh, good everything. Lots of positive experiences and memories to come out of good out of know. a very short excursion into the wild north. If you could sum up your trip in one word, what would it be? Legendary. <laughs> Legendary.